Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host, Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we spoke with Rick Turner and Henrietta Jadin, a.k.a. Rick and Hen. Rick and Hen lived in Brighton, which is regularly crowned as one of the UK's happiest places to live. Rick worked for Propellernet, which for at least five years running has quite rightly been recognised as one of the UK's best places to work. And Hen had some purpose in her role as a mental health patient advisor, but something was wrong. Hard working weeks were mostly followed by hard drinking weekends, and so the cycle continued. When Rick and Hen got together, things started to change. They packed in their jobs and travelled through Asia, where their mutual support allowed them to explore a life that was slower, a life where time and not money was the currency of choice. This is the story of their journey and how they ended up living in Arabida Natural Park, which is 45 minutes south of Lisbon in Portugal, where they've built Slow Cowork, a co-working retreat for entrepreneurs and creatives, which focuses on work, life and balance. Rick and Hen provide genuine inspiration. They were unprepared to go with the flow and created time to discover the crucial difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it. I'm pretty sure their philosophy of slowing down is one that we can all benefit from. I know I can, and I'm pretty sure they'll add to it over the next few years. So get ready to smell fresh air, get ready to enjoy Rick and Hen. What would you notice if you slowed down? We're on. This okay. is it. So, Testing. Uh, hello to Ray. Hello. And hello to Rick and Henrietta. Hi. Hello. Thank you for um, entertaining us with um, the first official Life Done Differently initiation ceremony, um, which we just did. That was that was reasonably successful. Happy with that? Yeah. Are you yeah. okay with that? Yeah, it's fun. Yes. We don't talk about what happened. No. Just that it happened and you were yeah. being through the ceremony. Been through it, yeah. So you're all ready and you're you're primed for um for our conversation. So um I let let me start by saying I think you're there you are, the first guests that have travelled internationally to be with us today. Yeah. So that's a big deal for, for us. Yeah. Because yeah. we still haven't got an audience. Uh, no, Billy Jay said he's listening. Yeah, we've got an audience <laughs> of definitely at least one person. And we're hoping that maybe now that you've come over from another country, that there might be other people outside of our little island that might remain an island for a bit longer. Um, so let's let's talk about who you are, Rick Turner and Henrietta. Jaden. Jaden. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the. And how do you? How would you currently um, describe yourself to new people that have never met you before? Things have changed quite a lot. Yeah, how would you describe it then? Um, you were our first couple as well, incidentally, which is great as well. Yeah. Um, well. You're right, it does. It's an interesting question because it does yeah, change. It's changed. It depends so who much. I talk to and how long I want to speak to them for. <laughs> so if you, if you just wanted to do the one, really, the one let's do the one liner to start with so yeah. we're, we're, at, we're at a party and i go oh hey you're interesting what what do you do how do you spend your time what would you say uh well henrietta um from sweden <laughs> i grew up in england so i think i feel pretty english but now living in portugal 
and just bought some land which we're gonna move on to live off grid and build some sustainable housing and um i was working marketing but i just quit my job so now focusing on hosting retreats and hosting co-working days and, and the land's in portugal yeah that's I don't, portugal. I don't, did you mention that i can't remember so you're now living, yeah, in, portugal. living in portugal yeah yeah and that that's home for you now yeah yeah it's home rick yeah it feels like home yeah so i'm rick <laughs> i've been yeah traveling around a lot for the last few years and we've now settled down in portugal for the last year so i yeah i've mainly been focusing on well helping other people and ourselves to slow down and stop the kind of busy burnout culture of work and so we've we found that Portugal's a, a good place to, to live a slower pace, but still be productive and get lots done. Yeah. And why is it easier to slow down in Portugal? Because it's warmer, you have to. Aha. <coughs> uh -huh. You know, it's yes. just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found that uh, yeah, in colder countries, you kind of, people are busier because you need to keep busy. And in, in, a, in a hot country, you kind of have to, you know, you can't physically be busy all the time. It's just to, you just need to slow down and relax. I think that's the why the culture there is a bit bit more chilled and do you do you do get as much done just over a longer period because you're doing it slower or do you just oh, i find so it's kind of it's interesting so i'm kind of working less much less than i used to but seem to be achieving way more uh -huh. just because i think part of it is because we're you have more time to make better decisions and focus on the right things yeah. rather than just get caught up in you know, the busyness of to-do lists that don't necessarily always help your kind of end goal or what, what the vision is. And if you give yourself some more time, you have more freedom to experiment. So you don't feel as confined to, I don't know, if you're working full time and you've got like an hour on a Saturday afternoon to work on a new project or something, an idea, you, you really kind of, limit your thinking and if you kind of give yourself a lot more free time by cutting down living costs and freeing up your time if you have that kind of freedom then you just have freedom to play with your time because you don't feel this like urge you know it's not that sense of urgency mm. which can so you, you, you say yeah. you work this is really interesting actually so you're working smarter in a way mm -hmm. but you probably don't think of it like that yeah. uh, <clears throat> but you, you it sounds like what you're doing is cutting out the things that aren't important. Yes. You're not you're not being what a chap called Brian Warns used to call busy fools, just chasing yeah. around and not really achieving anything. And just to jump in for a moment, you so uh, there's a there's a I, I think that you reflect um quite a significant change in culture around taking real ownership of, of your time and um and your purpose and what you're doing and why you're doing it and i and, it, and i and mm. i and i it, i sense that you've been on a journey both a, 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 an actual journey in a van which we'll get to and also a mental journey mm. of discovery yeah. totally. to to allow yourself to come to the conclusion that you just described which is sort of a new state yeah. and it's almost rejecting um mainstream culture of you will have a job and walk the career ladder and then earn yourself retirement and then 
retire and slow down and then die yeah, yeah. and and, and it, you, you, it feels like you've absolutely rejected that and the more that i speak to a younger generation the more it feels like that's a normal part of their perspective now or it's certainly becoming more normal than it was for my generation so do you want to comment on that for a minute and then maybe take us back to the moments that led up to that and tell us about the vans and let's get onto haps and yeah, yeah so i i think for me it was like probably three or four years ago i was in that kind of you know the career path of trying to progress and you know be more successful earn more money and i was just working my my method of doing that was just working harder and harder and you know working all hours and uh, I found that, well, it basically wasn't sustainable. I just kind of burnt out. And um, so I, I kind of, it, yeah, it, it took a bit, the big spot, like it took hitting rock bottom to kind of make, make that realization of something needed to change. Um, and so, but when I made that decision of, right, okay, I'm going to stop working as hard and just work normal nine to five hours rather than like crazy hours and, and just focus more on my health and well-being. And I was, I found by doing that, not only was it good for my health, but my work got way better. Yeah. I was actually working like, you know, 30% less, but actually you know, having, particularly because the work that we do, it's it's not necessarily about, you know, time efficiency and more time input equals better output. It was actually, I found that I was, you know, having, having better ideas and making better decisions, making less mistakes. Um, and yeah, so after that, I started to, rather than focusing on how can I, you know, pro progress in a career and, and make more money to, to have financial security so that in the future things will be okay. I started to focus on the present of how can I get more, how can I optimize time? Time was my new currency. Yeah. So my, that was my whole focus is how can I get more time? Um, and so after deciding to, to quit the, the, the job, um, yeah, I, I found that I can, I started earning <coughs> way less money, but just had loads more time. I, I felt richer with like you know a quarter of the amount of money. Yes. Because yeah, I, I just started cutting my costs, and I found that a lot of the a lot of the things I was spending money on was because I was really busy. And as soon as I had more time, I had way less costs. And so I yeah, I, I just didn't really. There was a few things that kind of inspired me to to think differently. But I found that i didn't I, yeah, I didn't want to kind of just work and be busy and stress and then have this end goal of oh, maybe in the future um i can then retire and, and relax as i in the future i might not be able to do things i want to do i want to do it now while i've got the energy and and you know and, and the health to be able to to travel and explore and, and be active and do all these things that you know tick the bucket list items that i want to do yeah i don't want to you know put those off i want to do it now do, do you so uh two questions Rick, do you remember what were the catalysts, the moments that led up to that change in thinking? So you mentioned uh, working yourself too hard and being in a uh, not not the best place mentally. Mm. So I'd like to tap into that a bit more. But also then, Henrietta, did you did you go through a similar journey? And um, did you talk about this at the time? Were you together? Were you exploring mm. this together as a couple? Or was this something where you were going on your own journeys and then? We kind of met yeah. at a similar point. We were both going through similar yeah. things in terms of not really taking on too much and not really enjoying our work, really. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and, ne and needing a change, and that um, we kind of we kind of met at it both in that similar that point. Were you both at a point where you were exploring options and how, how to think about this and how you might be able to construct a different kind of life, yeah. or were you? Not... I was doing it really badly. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I I worked like. 
full time in mental health for a few years, just as a patient advisor. So uh, my background's design, <clears throat> but you know, I just needed money. Ended up doing this admin job, which is meant to be temporary, which ends up being like two years down the line. And obviously, you know, I was really unhappy, but it meant that I could live in Brighton and enjoy being my friends. And yeah, that was great. And then I was like, why am I so unhappy? It's because I'm not doing the things I enjoy. So then I went part-time and got a job that's really great uh, design studio and the team were really great. Did loads of really interesting events, did kind of installation things. And I'd be working the, with them two days a week and I'd do the mental health work. And then I quite often go to London after my other job doing shows. I wouldn't come back to like one in the morning or something. And I was quite fulfilled creatively in that role, but I still felt, I still wasn't happy. And I um, I think having those two jobs that were so different meant that I had to constantly switch from two different ways of thinking. And I was still working, when you do two jobs, you're not, you do more than full-time hours because each job demands extra from you. And then I was still like, not very happy a few years down the line and then instead of like taking time off, I thought, what else could I do that would make me happy? And I really like massage. So I decided to take on a massage qualification <clears throat> on weekends. I mean, like, that's just insane. It's like, I'm not happy. So I'm just going to do more things <laughs> that I think will make me happy. <laughs> so like, I think when I met you, yeah. I was doing two jobs and learning like anatomy and physiology on the weekends. And on a Friday night, I just, we met on a night out and I was just out with work, just getting absolutely wasted. Friday night just like having loads of drinks because I was just like you know that's the only way to like wind down but then obviously that doesn't help your mental health mm -hmm. so it just kind of it all resulted in me quitting mental health work and then made then losing a job at the design studio because they were like you're not kind of being very creative in this job which is completely understandable because I didn't have you know you have to be inspired and excited and I didn't have that and suddenly I was without a job just studying massage for a few months and it was like the happiest I've ever been. All <laughs> really? I was doing was going to like a Zen, like massage school, giving and receiving massages, just focusing on this one thing. The other days I just sat drawing and I was literally like absolute revelation. I just realized I didn't need to find a thing that was gonna make me happy. I just needed time yeah. to just like connect with myself and just explore and experiment and that none of the other jobs kind of if you feel like you constantly have to be achieving something and having a job that gives you that kind of credibility and it felt like it had to be something physical something that people could talk about to be like oh this is your you being successful in whatever it is that you're interested in but actually yeah I think if you change that mindset that it's totally okay to just like not do much for a while and, and what yeah. about the concern of, of money and lifestyle? Um, I think I've always been quite frivolous uh, with my money anyway, but I think there's different there's smart ways of cutting your costs. Um, and For me, it was quite a lifestyle change of going from you know, quite well-paid yeah. salary job. Well, I was working a lot, but I didn't have any, I didn't have a lot of money anyway. So, so you were you you were used to like just taking it as it comes. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But you had a. Oh yeah, I was earning quite well, and yeah. um, and, yeah. But my my strategy of how can I get more time was that that's when we started traveling around. So I was like, let's um, work because I I then went freelance, and so I was working from anywhere. I didn't need to be in a particular office. 
I was like, well, let's, if, my, if I cut my living costs by living in India or, mm. or Thailand or Bali or somewhere, India. where we, I can then work <laughs> even less and still have a similar quality of life. Um, so that was my, my plan was just cut, cut living costs then I can slow down, work less, and that'll give me the time to work on the things I'm really passionate about. Mm. So I say working less, working less on paid work. I was yeah. still actually no, working less in general as well. I was definitely working less, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, it, gave, it then freed up the time for me because I, I wanted to focus mean, on, yeah. on setting up apps um, and launching that and, um, and also just focusing on my own health because I had lots of, um, yeah, lots of family issues at the time and I wanted to make sure I was looking after my own mental health and well-being. Yeah. Can um, we can we just go there for a minute if that's okay? Mm-hmm. And just so just tell us a bit more about so you 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 didn't find yourself in a particularly good place mentally and you're and you're dealing with um a lot of these questions around you around like what why am I doing what I'm doing and at the same time not not feeling as good. Mm can you tell us a bit more about how did that happen and then what what happened to you in order to start asking yourself questions which eventually ended up at starting a business called haps which we'll come on to around what that is i just got i think it's completely in line with what you just asked the question you just asked but at some point a few minutes ago you said you hit rock bottom mm. and i, I wonder if, yeah, what, what, what was what was rock bottom um <clears throat> So it was, there was, it was kind of like lots of different things happening at once. So I was kind of, um, yeah, working far too hard, like burning out at work because I was at the time my, I was working for a company in Brighton, but my clients were up in London. So I was commuting up to London every day, doing really long, long days. And then, um, just partying really hard all weekends to talk because I'd kind of earned it because it had yeah. been such a hard week. And I, find the, the, I find the, the busier I am. So but there was that, but then part of that was also because. I think I was doing that to kind of escape yeah. um, other stuff that was going on. So my my mum had just had a spinal stroke. My granddad had passed away that month. And it was January, which I always get very miserable. I get quite bad winter blues. And so it was just everything was just like, January's are quite depressing anyway. And then I had lots of stuff going on in the family. And I was just, just, I was just not dealing with anything by just keeping myself busy. And so that was my way to just like, I could just keep busy. Then I don't have to think about things. I'll just focus. I just focus on work, and then just getting smashed at the weekend, and that was just not a great recipe. So, so the, but that continued for like you know a month or so, and it got to the point where I was like, that this is this is not good. Um, yes, my health started deteriorating in my work, and I knew that I just yeah this wasn't sustainable, um, and that something needed to change. Um, was and, there a, was there a moment that allowed you to see that? Uh, yeah, it was. I can't. I don't know if it was a specific moment. I kind of obviously always knew that this is, you know, you're this isn't a good thing to do. You're quite being, and you always you were part of the <clears throat> yeah. wellbeing team at work. So you're kind of. Hmm. I think you were, even though you were kind of going through that period, it didn't last as long as it could have done because you yeah. did have tools that you could use to, yeah. and be able to like reflect. I was extremely fortunate. I think I consider myself very lucky, and I'm very grateful for the support that I had around me at the time. Um, but it would be from work. So I was the company I was working for in Brighton had a big focus on health and well-being. Mm. But even even that, like you know winning awards for like the best place to work in the UK. But despite that, I was still working all hours, like burning out. Even though there was this focus in the company of and this culture of like health mm. and well-being. I and I and I was yourself. yeah and I was learning all about that. But I just wasn't taking any of that. I wasn't practicing what I preached. At so all. do you think being in that environment? <clears throat> 
helped you understand what was going on. Yes. Yes. I think I was aware of, and, and I was kind of aware of what actions I, I needed to take and what things to do. Yeah. I just wasn't doing. I just wasn't doing them at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I kind of knew what you know. So you what knew, things I should be doing. So you knew what you should be doing. It's just that you weren't doing them. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of the, and so one of the, and again coming back to that support. So one of the one of the triggers was I knew something needed to change. So I went um, went out to see my friend Jack in the in the Alps and kind of just unloaded this this like brain dump of like all these things like that you know that I wasn't happy about with work and life and wasn't basically wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um and his his one bit of advice was just like just stop working this hard and like I, so I'm this just, is quite this is gonna, the this is the only with, bit, with a bit of context yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's worth it so <laughs> I should probably say so we, so we know we know Jack and we will we'll definitely um interview Jack on the podcast at some mm. point so Jack Hubbard who is the is yeah. the CEO and co-founder of Propellinet yeah who are a Brighton-based company um who you, and, and that's the company that you're talking to just in yes. case people want to look it up and as you say well accredited with being um best place to work according to the sunday times for like many years in a row mm. now and they do all sorts of interesting things around dream balls and making people's dreams come true and jack now lives in the alps as part of him making his own dream come true yeah. so a very very progressive company and environment but it's really interesting to hear that um that even in an environment like that you find yourself in uh, quite a normal situation for many people in your mm. kind of world where you're living for the weekend and you're stressed and it's full on yeah um but that's it sounds like it's kind of itself if anything yeah, it was self-imposed, self-imposed yeah. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and it, just I, that really made me... culture in england i yeah. think yeah just the general because i think it's different in different countries I yeah think yeah attitude in england that <clears throat> you should work longer yeah. hours and it's not really anyone saying it yeah no one like, was telling me to do it i just thought that i should I yeah. Yeah. and then so and that was him just saying just stop working as hard focus yeah. on your well-being yeah yeah and then i was just like oh yeah okay mm. like no one's telling me to to work these long hours and to well get so to, somebody to, is telling you though aren't they huh you are. yeah somebody, it was a me yeah yeah so it was, me, and it was so, you telling you yeah and i think it's partly just it's almost like an addiction of just like if i should keep myself busy doing all these things then yeah i don't know i was just i, I was just on autopilot i wonder almost. if you rewind yes. 30 40 years if which is our parents' generation, and I mm. wonder if if it's um, something that's being passed on around. If you work hard, you produce more output because then you probably did. Yeah. Whereas yes. that that doesn't mm. happen today because we're knowledge workers. Yeah. And in order yeah. to be a good knowledge worker, your mind has to be in the best state. So doing more doesn't necessarily lead to more, which it sounds like is part of the journey <clears throat> you've been on, the, the journey of discovery. Mm. Yeah, it, but it's probably not just true. Knowledge workers. No, that's fair. You that's know, fair. if you're, if yeah, you're, because we've got the machines to do a lot of the well, work. Well, if you're, sweep, if you're yeah. sweeping the road, there's a, you know, there's a smart way of doing it, and there's a, mm. there's an autopilot way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, so Jack stepped in and said, "Stop, stop working so much," and then there was revelations that were your boss. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite, a, <laughs> I think it's quite a unique so thing hard. when the person you work for says, "Stop working as hard," but actually, it, my work then improved. By not working as hard and, yeah, yeah. and being like, right, I'm going to make sure I don't work late and I'm going to um, look after myself. And because by doing that, I had more time to then do all the other things that I knew would help. So I then started 
seeing like friends and family a lot more yeah. or having like doing more healthy wholesome activities at the weekends how did I'm that... looking after my nutrition yeah, ex- exercising how, more how, how did that relate to your interest in nutrition and starting to so, yes yeah, so I'd done a nutrition course a few years before just randomly um and and yeah so I'd, I'd learned a, a lot about various things that could that could help support my mental health so during that tough period and my family have um you know background of mental health and have been like I've been on antidepressants for years and so I I was determined when I was going through that low period to not to not take antidepressants basically sure. um because I knew they're really difficult to to get off um and so I so yeah so I looked so chatted to my nutritionist that I worked with and done the course with um and was taking various supplements that I found massively helpful as well as um you know exercising more and eating better and um but yeah, I found these supplements. Yeah, I found and this, this is a re- and this is all part of a really conscious effort. Yeah. to almost hack yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like I need to start doing more of these things that I know. Yeah, because I'd kind of for the previous five years before I'd been like geeking out on learning all about the science of happiness and reading up on loads of books and I kind of had a lot of the knowledge but just wasn't applying any of it. And to give us <laughs> give us the the top line findings of you know what what did you discover is the way towards happiness and then when you overlay nutrition into that mm. what are you looking for and what do the supplements look like because i think this will be a good grounding around where haps came from yeah so i think well i think one of the most important things is just connection with people that for me is like one of the one of the key things but um there's also just like the basic biological level of you know if your body is healthy so if you're giving yourself your body the right ingredients that it needs to for the chemical processes to create the neurotransmitters that help you feel certain things. So there was that kind of there's the more the kind of emotional side of things of making sure you feel connected and talking to people. I found mindfulness massively helped with that as well. Um, but then it's just on a on a physical level, you, we, we're so impacted by you know when we, like how we feel quite often depends on what we've we eaten like recently or how have we slept well or you know it's how is our body physically feeling and a lot of the emotions come up just because of the physical sensations in our body and yeah it's and having being able to understand that link and connection but it's all a virtuous circle as well isn't yeah it? because if you've had a if you've had a good healthy interesting day mm. you sleep well yeah yeah exactly and if you sleep and well and that's the thing that i found <clears throat> is that nutrition obviously nutrition was one factor but it kind of then snowballed to lots of things by by taking these various substances that made me feel better, that then meant that I was more positive and doing other things. And then, yeah, each thing then kind of built on top of it. And I found it kind of then snowballed into relatively quickly. I was feeling way better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and especially in the winter as well, when you're yeah. just like lack of sunlight, just yeah. And the supplements were, were playing a, yeah. a, an important part of, of that. Yeah, of that so they, process. they were what, they were really what, helping. What, what, what were the supplements and what? So um, I was taking vitamin D supplements, um, which omega, is basically sunlight. Yeah, uh, omega three and five HTP, which yeah. helps increase your serotonin levels, but in a natural way, not in a um, in a different way to how antidepressants work. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought, yeah, that was one of the main ones with five HTP. And, and so five HTP is that natu- naturally occurring? Yes, it's um, the the supplements are like a seed extract from some African plant, Grafonia. Uh-huh. Um, and it's basically it's the precursor to serotonin. So by ingesting it, your body creates more serotonin. Got it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I found so I'd kind of learned a lot about this stuff when I did the nutrition course and did my own research afterwards. And so I was taking um, when I went through that period of bright, I needed really need to focus on my health and well-being. 
and so I started you know making sure I was taking supplements and exercising more and meditating and um I found this found it massively helpful but I didn't I didn't like the things you could buy in the shops <laughs> so I was going at like a lot of the I, I was looking at you know all the different ingredients lists and I found that you know the the bit that I wanted was like one percent the other 99 percent of the capsules or the pills was just bulking agents and caking agents and uh -huh. fillers and lots of other crap that I didn't really want um so and also didn't like taking loads of different pills every day kind of made me feel like I was ill yeah and just taking like medication <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I was like and I just want like the good bits of all these so then yeah I, I and, and also I was recommending a lot, lot of people that were having tough times as well I was kind of recommending taking various things but then I was like I don't really like the stuff that I'm recommending yeah. to people even though I know it helps like so I yeah I then just thought well I, I could probably create something better <laughs> So I then so it sounds like the perfect the perfect business yeah. so I was just I was creating it for, more <laughs> yeah, for, for myself I, <clears throat> I wanted it mm. um, and uh, yeah I knew like close friends and family that I've been recommending stuff had had a massive impact on them as well and it just seems a bit crazy that this wasn't really being talked about much either like no like it's become a little bit more over the last few years but no one really talks about the link between nutrition and mental health no and I would start reading all of the scientific journals on it and there's so much research around the you know the, the strong link between um yeah nutrition and mental health and it just it just felt like this needs to happen um and it, no one's really doing much about it so i yes yeah, so i didn't just start doing it as a little side project just looking at i had no idea what i was doing it's like <laughs> just yes yeah, but started talking to a few people that did like that you know worked in that area and knew more about it and just started learning and and how did that how did that feel you, you said you knew nothing about it but you, you did it anyway yeah. You went into the unknown. Yeah. And, and and what did it feel like? Um well, it felt really great just learning loads because yeah. that's one of the things in particularly at that time in my job, I was, you know, I'd been in it for like 7 or 8 years and I kind of I wasn't, you know, the learning curve had kind of plateaued a little bit and I found the stuff that I was doing in my spare time was super exciting because I was just learning so much. Um and it was it was kind of scary as well being, you know, trying to do this thing that I don't have any experience in. I've never like made a product or, you know, don't have much experience in nutrition or anything, but I just, so yeah. there, there were two things there, weren't there? You were learning more than you had done, mm. but you were also knew why you were learning. Yeah. You had a purpose. Yeah. You were trying to solve a problem. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess that's the thing with, with my, my other work was marketing, just working for, you know, some very big, brands and I was just I was basically helping big companies make more money than they were before it wasn't that wasn't that fulfilling no even though I was good at it, it the, like, the challenge might have been there yeah. but yeah, yeah okay. um whereas because um yeah this was something that I was super passionate about and um yeah both from like you know, my, my family's background but my, also my personal journey at the time I was like this is something that you know I'm super passionate about and believe in and feel that needs to happen and yeah. so it was just really energizing um, yeah and, and, and where, where were you where were you at this point yeah so when i met you you just started yeah perhaps or it wasn't just was it just an idea it was yeah it was just i think i'd had the idea almost around the the week that we'd met yeah i think, I think the same week okay so all right like all right put pause there so you just <laughs> had the idea sort of the week that you met yeah yeah, and then you meet. That's just occurred to me now, actually. Right. <laughs> really okay. And then, <laughs> yeah. then, then go on. Well, I was just going to say that um, everyone. I think everyone thinks that it 
it's the idea. You know, you see the light bulb moment and that's what we are told. But that's a lie. Mm. And this whole thing of, you know, protect your ideas with everything you've got because <laughs> someone will steal them. That is also a lie. Mm. Because the idea is an imagination of the future. But in order to make that future re a reality, there's a lot of deliberate acts. And it's those deliberate acts that don't come easily for anybody. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter what you've got. It's... Um, it's a process of discovery and, and what you just described of not knowing what you were doing is part of that process. It's the, it's the process of entering into the unknown and being okay with that. And then using the support network that you've got around you and using the purpose of what's driving you to move you forward. Um, and that, and a lot of the reasons why these things fall away in my opinion is because those ingredients don't exist. So when they happen naturally, that's a gift. You know, and that's that's a really powerful, powerful thing. So, so how early on in your relationship did you mention this crazy idea with nutrition? I can't really remember. No, was it the first weekend? No, I don't think so. No. So, because at the time it was just yeah, it was just an initial thought of an idea, and I think it was maybe the next month or so after we met that I then started like testing it. Do you think Henrietta uh, played a role in helping to? Um, catalyze it is that a word catalyze it is now it's a good word yeah I, 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 well I, 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 I think i think the reason that we're asking this because we've we've done in, in a few of these conversations we've had with people the one consistent thing well there's lots of consistent themes actually but one that that has become bleedingly obvious to us is this idea of a support team mm. And that if you want to go into the unknown, um, because you want to get different results from the ones you're getting from just staying in the known, mm. that if you've got people around you that are supporters, coaches, you've already mentioned Jack. Cheerleaders. You know, cheerleaders is another yeah. word. Mm. Um, then it, it's just, well, it, it seems to me, it seems to us, I think, yeah. That it's essential. Yeah, it's coming up. It's not even a. It's not in, even a nice to have. It's you can't do it. There isn't without that of a team. catalyst of change. I think in many, many, many aspects where you don't have that support network helping you go through that transition into the unknown. Yeah, I think it is. That is really, really yeah. important. And um, I guess because I was going through a similar stage of my life where I just had something had to change something had to give whatever I was doing wasn't working for me and I was also really not looking after myself as well you know I was doing massage and giving you know treatments to people but again not looking after myself yeah. and you know talking about haps I was just like well I need this so, oh, so I was like I was much, totally yeah. like well this is what I need so this is a great idea and yeah. Yeah, so we definitely worked on it a lot in the beginning. Mm. I was quite in involved actually. Yeah, and and and, and yeah. at some point you decided to get in a van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let, well, let, let, well, let's get let's get to the van in two seconds. But let's just come back to the that the so haps is starts with an an idea of I don't I don't want to be taking all of these different pills and the bulking agents and all sorts of yeah. stuff. And, and and you understand now about what the complexion of these different supplements is going to do what it's going to give you so 
give us the kind of conclusion towards um, what HAPS is today. And then let's just mention where you find it if people are interested and then we'll, we'll put that to one side for a bit and then move and then we'll go to the van. Okay, so it's now, we've been selling online for the last year or so and it's recently launched in Hisby in Brighton. So we're just kind of testing it out in... Which is one of the first independent supermarkets in the country. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's, so it's a super fruits palette. So rather than those bulking agents and caking agents, we just use fruits. Um, and then we take the good bits from the various supplements like the vitamins and minerals and 5-HTP, coconut MCT oil. Um, yeah, and it's, so, so it just comes in a powder format that we had a little taste of before this session. Don't give anything away <laughs> about the ceremony. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah no. <laughs> we weren't going to mention the ceremony. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, just a, a powder format that you can use however you like, either in a drink or over your breakfast in the morning or in a smoothie. Um, yeah. That's it, and that, really. but that's part, very much part of your world now. So part of um, what you are taking into, well, when we get into the van and um, that part of your life where you're traveling and be, becoming a digital nomad, perhaps mm-hmm. is an ingredient of your future and what you can continue to invest in. Yeah, so that it was it was one of the motivators because I wanted needed more time to work on it because obviously it is you know in this in the start not making any money, so I needed to. To make sure I could balance doing enough freelance work to, to bring the money in, and, but then free up as much time as possible to then focus on working on that or working mm-hmm. on you know my own health as well. So it's basically like how can I free up as much time as possible? And part of the part of that was okay, get get you know the, obviously the highest paying freelance work I can and live in cheaper countries and cut living costs. And, and after traveling around a lot of Asia, we spent a lot of time in India and Nepal. Also. Ex- Part of that was experimenting with different ways of living and working, checking out lots of different co-working spaces and retreats and permaculture farms and ashrams and lots of different community spaces. How, how, how long did that last for? Uh, it was about a year okay. or so. And then we came back to... Are there, are there any interesting takeaways from what from what you learned so this is pre-van yeah you're tra- and what you're, but you're staying yeah. in lots of different places and exploring lots of different um, ways of living. Mm-hmm. What What... What did you draw from that? Well, I think one of the key ones was slowing slowing down. We realised that by we would, yeah, in, in, by slowing down and, and just looking after our ourselves and focusing on our own health, we found that our work was just getting way better. Mm. And, just more inspired. Yeah, and also I guess travelling is exciting and inspiring. And we didn't. We were kind of travelling around Asia and backpacking, but with a real like focus on we want to change the way that we live. So with those kind of glasses on, you kind of, I don't know, it gives a bit more purpose to the journey. So... And, and but it's really interesting because really the journey is a really interesting word here. You were literally on a journey. Yeah. And you were on yeah. a metaphorical journey yeah. as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I... It, you're being inspired by all by all these different well cultures, mm-hmm. pe- different people, different mm-hmm. food, different sites, different mm-hmm. languages. You know, uh, so you've been bombarded with all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the unknown, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. totally. A lot yeah, of the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think the reason why we want to go travelling is that the best way to change way you think is to actually physically remove yourself yeah. from the environment that you are in yeah. literally it's really hard to change behaviors 
if you're in the same place. For me, anyway, some I, people might be I'd, very. Yeah. I'd go. I'd take that one step further and say, the way to change how you think is to do. Mm. And in your yeah. case, the doing was yeah. a variety of things, but the m- most obvious one was changing your environment <coughs> and traveling and exploring new cultures. Although the the only the only thing I would say is that sometimes you need to you know what we're doing now in having this conversation is changing the thinking a little bit and you know i think our hope and reason we do this podcast is that people will listen to it and go ah right i've changed my thinking a little bit about i I now understand that it's 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 doing that's important yeah and And there's a a catalyst yeah and it's yeah yeah, and some people start with that thinking some people just start with the doing yeah and and it's Mm. you know and and it doesn't matter where you start (laughs) as long as it as long as doing's yeah. a part of it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yep. people would call us doers, don't they? All the time. All our friends are like, never, no one ever doubts anything that we say. That, they, they, you know, they're like, well, you just said you're going to do it and you guys are doers, it's going to happen. Has like, that always been Yeah, the do you do it? People, if we do just do it. And I think you were talking earlier about ideas and sharing them. I think mm. we're very, with HAPS, we just you were talking about it straight away before it was a thing, you know, not hiding the ideas. And every time you talk yeah. about it, you get inspired. And we were talking about going away and traveling and, and exploring. Once we've said it, once it's out there, we're just like, oh, we'll have to do it now. Yeah. Has that, yeah, totally has that always it, been, so. has that always been a, a it, character trait? I think it just started like, our relationship started with a lot of projects and I think you're, you kind of make things happen a lot. That's like, your personality uh, I'm a bit more hesitant but if something's happening I'll go along you know I'll do it <laughs> you're there for the ride yeah you know, totally, so, uh, I'm yeah. totally committed. if somebody else is going to drive this yeah yeah, so, I'll, yeah probably, why not it's yeah. probably a really solid combination yeah, yeah no I think yeah. that's right so yeah. that's why we work really well together yeah <coughs> I'm a bit like and Hen makes it good yeah, I'm a bit of a ah, big right, Okay, so there's a quality. Yeah, yeah okay. Quality. All right, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand what's going on, how it works. But it makes it happen, and I just make it good, basically. Yeah, great. <laughs> and the, yeah. the, the cultures, so before we, before we get to the van, the, those cultures and what you were looking for, what, what inspired mm. you the most? What did you, what did you see on those travels that, was, that stayed with you? So you, you mentioned slowing yeah. down. Mm. And I think in India, for example, you've got, a real culture of people working together. There's less focus on the I and more yeah. focus on the we. Yeah. And I think, and also if we're choosing to be, go to retreats and all these nice communities, obviously we're putting ourselves in slightly more unique environments where people are there to work together as a team. But this kind of sense of community and working as a group and supporting each other and, you know, it's that's something we felt a little bit lax mm. in our lifestyle at home and it's not even that we've got loads of you know great friends and support of family but it's just this idea that you're working towards uh um it's a lot about you and what you're going to achieve rather than so so do you think that's because people understand that the power is in the journey in working together Mm. in in doing what you're doing rather than getting somewhere yes definitely yeah it's about enjoying enjoying the journey. Rather and in India, they just do stuff. Anything's possible in India. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, literally. That's their, that's their mentality. I'm not saying it's all going to work out exactly how you think it's going to work out, yeah. but it's just this. They're very very resourceful. Very like 
uh, entrepreneurial, aren't they? Mm. And there's a lot of cultures like that. You know, you can just do it yourself. You know, you can make things happen and anything's possible. That's kind of a, a phrase mm. we use a lot. And so, so if you, yeah. you I mean, it, <clears throat> all of this is interesting to me. <laughs> um, putting the things that are springing to mind at the moment are this sort of support having a support team and you've been each other's mm. you know biggest mm. cheerleaders by the sounds yeah. of it it was it was knowing what to do you said you know you sort of knew what to do but you weren't doing it mm. so it's putting it into action and then there's this bit where you're <clears throat> you're traveling um with with low costs so you, you've done some smart stuff stuff there you can earn money um but you're living cheaply mm-hmm. um you're exposing yourself to lots of different cultures and lots of different experiences full stop but you're also in a an environment certainly in india where you've got to be resourceful which is sort of what you're being Mm. Mm. yeah definitely you know you're just you just you've worked out what they've worked out in a way and you've ended up there as well Mm. i think Spent a lot of time thinking of things I could have done or could do, and then can just fast forwarding really quickly, be like, "Well, yeah, but I can't do that very well. I'm not the expert. Well, I don't know everything. Or what if that the other people aren't going to think I can do it well?" And I think just I'm not saying I've always had this attitude, but I think it gets almost a bit addictive once you start just like hmm. trying things That's and just experimenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a bit reckless as well. Not like anything that crazy. But not like so just reckless yes. that it's uncontrolled. No. But, but, but just reckless enough that it feels exciting yeah. again. And when yeah. you see things that... When, see the results. Yeah, you think you realise that actually you don't need to know everything beforehand and no. have it all planned yeah. out. You, you just start telling people you're going to do it and start doing it and then it happens and there's something about there's the like making that commitment well yeah happen. I think that's like, right yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah don't keep it to yourself <coughs> and don't yeah. wait yeah, yeah. till it's perfect to share it I yeah think that's really important yeah I think but as we start to do that, it kind of does change your mindset of like, well, actually, you, know, yeah. you start to believe more is possible. The, the asking for help bit has come up a few times as well. Mm. And that's part of the community piece. But it's also yeah. sort of bringing people into your experience and then learning yeah. as you go and enjoying that that process. Yeah. And that seems like a, a theme as well of something yeah. that's coming so up. So I guess a big part of the uh, our inspiration in, in terms of community, we were, um, while we were in Goa, we helped host uh, Ashram with the Happy Startup School. So we, we, we knew that um, the, the Happy Startup School community through through Brighton and we were in India at the time. So we, yeah, we basically, we were, the, we were there for a week like, helping host this group of entrepreneurs and you know, social entrepreneurs from all over the world. And that kind of supportive community, um, because we've been traveling around a lot and just working on our own things, just us two or just individually, having that, having that group of people um, as, a, as a support network and to, to bounce ideas off and to, yeah, to get help from um, was massively influential. We realised that that's what we, we want to make sure we're always around people and working, yeah, yeah. working in a collaborative way or just to, yeah, to have that support network. Mm. Um, I found that a lot of the co-working spaces that we went to like all around the world uh, were lacking that kind of community element. They were just, they still had that kind of busy burnout culture of work but just in a nicer location right yeah 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 <laughs> just yeah. like you know just in, in, in paradise but just you know so yeah some beautiful place in bali but 
yeah, everyone's still on in really front of the laptop twelve yeah. hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And just focused on how, like, you know, it's almost on, worse. Yeah. Um, so it, just having that group that mainly to helping people just be more open and vulnerable and be a bit more authentic. Yeah. Um, rather than this, you know, fake Instagram life <laughs> uh, that, that quite often people portray when they're traveling. You don't really yeah. get into like the deep or actually. <clears throat> What is it that they're trying to escape from? What yeah. is the what are they scared of? Why are they there? What's not working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's not going like you know? From looking at their Instagram, you probably think, "Oh, they're having a great time." But actually, they they probably feel really anxious about is their thing gonna yeah. work, or they feel lonely in a new country, or they miss the yeah, family. Yeah. Or, so, what was those your, things don't really get talked about? So, what was your Instagram account like? I think not I actually. Very st- I think that, yeah. I think we actually <laughs> just we just stopped doing it for a while. Did a couple photos and then I just. I mean, I haven't really shared anything for most of this year. That's, but I feel like yeah. I should. But, but then but I can't maybe because, because you felt like that environment encourages you to conform to presenting a view that isn't mm. the, the, the perfect view. You made, you made me think just then that I, I'm sure I remember um, a sort of challenger social network pop up. I think it was called Whisper. And the idea was to, I think it was an anonymous and it was sort of tell it as it is. Right. And put, okay. it, put it out there. Without the spin, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the filter. I guess it doesn't really play to the psychology of today, does it? And the, and the kind of culture that's well. Today. Hopefully, it will do soon. Maybe, yeah, maybe we need that back. Yeah, I really struggle with sharing things on Instagram, Facebook, because I, because we're doing like pretty amazing stuff. Like, if you look at you know, life, like it's pretty. I know a lot of people travel and like, these days. We're not. We're pretty like privileged, I think, in a lot of ways, and. Um, I really found it hard to decide whether sharing all the great things was going to be beneficial to anyone else, whether it's inspiring and going to be motivating, mm. or whether I'm just going to be another person sharing my great life that's then going to make other people feel really shit. So I did a few kind of quite honest posts, and when we mm. came out to England after traveling, I had a few people come up to me and say, I really like what you shared. It was really honest, and it's really inspiring what you're doing. So that was... That was really nice. I yeah, think sharing the lows as well. I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think having more of a variety, I think, because it's still great sharing really good so, things that are happening because it <coughs> can be really inspiring for people. But yeah. I'm, I feel like on this journey, maybe should have done a bit more blogging or whatever, but there's that word should, isn't it? I mm. think this film. So, so it, yeah, you, I mean, it was I interesting. You just said it, it should be shit about sharing the highs and the lows. Well, not even the highs and the lows, but everything, everywhere in between. Yeah. yeah. Because that's real. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. But then if you want to make yourself feel better, then you could say you are spending this time filling in the gaps in a format that maybe allows you to be a bit more vulnerable and um, and present some of, some of what you've learned and how you think. So, yeah. so that, that's that's a good outcome. Yeah. But let's, so let's move on to how did van life come about? And, and, I, and I also want to go to the, the whole principle of a digital nomad mm-hmm. for anyone that might be listening to this that hasn't heard of that phrase before how familiar were, were you with that movement and where did van life come from do you want to talk about digital nomad hmm. yeah so so i guess yeah i've met lots of digital nomads traveling around and i actually really i don't know don't not like don't yeah i don't i don't even though i am a digital nomad i don't really like you know the the, the term the, yeah the, the term and, the the, and, yeah. and well yeah just the because oh, I, I kind of touched on it earlier that it's yeah it's this kind of really desirable like you know instagram lifestyle um and i i 
yeah, I, I felt it's kind of lacking authenticity and connection and trust because um, it's very transient. People were moving around a lot and it's very difficult to build up those strong connections and that trust that quite often takes years. Um, and so people, and I, I know this person, like sometimes you then feel that you're you're lacking that that deeper connection and that authenticity in, in relationships. So that's... A digital nomad is, is someone that can work from anywhere in the world because they, all they need is internet. So mm. a and digital nomad... And a laptop. And a laptop, yeah. exactly. But one day just their mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then that job that you're doing could be could be kind of anything so you get a lot of uh programmers really and developers yeah so huge... that's the industry that it's most accepted yeah that's but i think as tight as i think more recently there's lots of different jobs now that can be done remotely um you get like designers graphic designers writers um mm. and entrepreneurs who running their own businesses that can do it from the world so there's a lot of people that work in teams that are remote teams so or you'll have um a team that's together but they move around mm -hmm. or yeah okay individual working <coughs> solo and you might check in with a team or you just work freelance completely independently and just contract I, I, have, I have this so. ana analogy which I'll, I'll throw at you it's really tangential but I just think it's interesting yeah that I think that the the waves that I've recognized in significant cultural change seem to be there's a pattern of um what something that was reserved for the rich and the privileged mm. starts to become mainstream through use of technology and networks and i think that what we're seeing at the moment in this movement around digital nomads if you want to call it that but certainly people that are living their lives but not from one location seems to play to that transition that mm. you we you know i grew up living in one place and i live in a place and i define myself around that place mm -hmm. and i can go on holiday but then i come back to my place mm -hmm. but we weren't born to be that as human beings we were born to be nomadic and if you look at the life of the wealthy and the privileged it's much more normal to move between different physical locations yeah. as part of your seasonality and as part of your lifestyle mm. and so it sort of feels like maybe a progression that's just starting and it's like anything you know it starts on starts on the fringes yeah and it's a bit odd because people live in vans and things yeah and then it becomes more and more mainstream because the world and the culture starts to adapt to accommodate which mm. is um co-working spaces yeah. and it's yeah. um co-living spaces and there's a whole kind of movement that sits yeah. sits around that so I think you, you and it, like I said at the beginning, I think you were probably reasonably early into into this world, but also coming at it um, with a bit more maturity maybe than many people that find it straight out of university. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I just made me think when you're talking about, uh, you know, our history of living in, uh, nomad, like being nomadic. Um, but I think the, yeah, I think my problem with the digital nomad lifestyle is it's, it's much more individual our history is being nomadic but in a really close-knit tribe yeah and community yeah. that tribal that's yes. really interesting so, so i think so that's the missing piece obviously yeah yeah you're and getting that the, a bit more with co-working spaces the yeah and there's you, you're starting to get so i met like the wi-fi tribe while i was out in bali you start huh. to get these groups that will travel together yeah um and so have it has has that much more um, and community may, may, element and support in network. the earlier days of that of that movement there is a, a kind of false <clears throat> promise that you could have that tribal 
aspect through mm. social media and online. Mm. <coughs> but you lose the kind of closeness and the community aspect because yeah. it, there isn't yeah. that same experience of kind of really going through the highs and lows together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I think after so after a, what, a year or two of of being a digital nomad, traveling around, working remotely, I think then we came to the realization that we'd done a lot of exploring and we, and we want we didn't we didn't want to be nomadic. We didn't want to travel around that much anymore. We wanted to kind of settle. Um, because, this is as and, part of slowing down, maybe. Yeah, so part of slowing down, um, but also in terms of having that um, deeper connection and community, it's very hard to have that if you're moving around all the time because the relationships you make um, might not last that long because you then will move to different places. Um, so we kind of wanted to, to be in one place where we can start to, 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 yeah, to make that, uh, those deeper connections and have that community and and to slow down because it can be quite hectic moving around all the time yeah so we kind tiring. of wanted to yeah it's, it's actually really exhausting <laughs> so imagine, many yeah. decisions all the time yeah yeah like okay. micro decisions <coughs> if you've got a home and a routine you just kind of things happen the yeah, iron out can, because you, can, you know okay. where you get yeah. your tea from yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. shop you go to it's like every day it's like so that's up, interesting right? is it so when you when what you're saying is that when you're when mm. you're in the unknown mm. constantly yeah the downside of it is so many decisions. Yeah. yeah. And when you're in the known, you don't have decisions to make because yeah. you're probably, like you said earlier, working on autopilot. Yeah. So you just do it. There's no yeah. decision. So it's about finding the balance, <clears throat> the balance between yeah. making, having enough decisions to make that you're going to, you know you're in the unknown. Mm. But not if you've got too much, too many decisions to make. You're busy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the traveling around as well, as a digital nomad, you're not that invested in the places that you're in and the the people in the country that you're visiting you're very much in a bubble right okay because you're passing through digital yeah. nomads so <coughs> you haven't committed you haven't committed yeah. to the community no. to the ecosystem yeah. exactly so it's not a very sustainable way like Rick was saying about or you were saying about people you know us being naturally nomadic but we would have moved with a tribe mm. and mm. yeah at a slow pace probably not mm. flying across the globe you know every yeah. like few weeks yeah it's a really good point so you're not uh maybe you're not as present uh -huh. or as kind of grounded and i think we were missing that after a few months so mm. um, we also want to be closer to home so how, how, how long were you traveling in a van well so, before that you were it was a it was a year was it of of nomadic life yeah, different yeah about a year of yeah of moved home life. for a bit and yeah went traveling you, you were away for six months i was away for four months in mm. asia but it was at it was at ashram at the happy startup school um where we were ho helping to host this event um that we realized that and these events are really great so it's like a, a whole week with purpose-driven entrepreneurs getting together <coughs> um like a like, like a retreat, like a holiday, but with workshops and things for people to kind of share their story, share their journey, work through if they've got an idea. It's like a project. yoga retreat for the yeah. spirit and the body, but for your attitude towards living and your business. Yes. 
like a de- startup decelerator yes yeah, yeah. Helping, people, <laughs> helping people slow down and, mm. and and connect with other like-minded people to to really think about to, well one like we were saying to get out of their normal day-to-day environment mm-hmm. and then see the bigger picture of okay is this the, the direction i want to be going is this how i want to be living my day-to-day life is you know make thinking about those bigger questions and and also just getting support from from other people because it can be a lonely um, lonely place as a, an entrepreneur or a freelancer, or, um, and so yeah, it was it was there that that we that you had the, the kind of vision for, yeah. for for a slow working space. Yeah, I decided that these events were great, but they happen once a year and they're quite expensive because it's you know it's a huge investment to, for a event in India, you know, and I just just thought these kind of spaces need to exist more permanently as a space that you can just come and stay out maybe you just need to slow down and you need to refocus your work but you doesn't i mean these events obviously are very impactful but um they only yeah they happen rarely well, so, at the end of the week people were like oh, i just want to live here yeah mm. like can we not just have this <laughs> and we, yeah. just can, like, we can work not be like this every week we're and like, many people yeah, say that want. But we actually said that, great, we'll make it. So is that... (laughs) We'll do it. The discovery of of kind of a permaculture movement, but rather than you existing around agriculture Mm. and a progressive way to create food for yourselves, that you're you're centering your existence around um, that kind of commonality of people rediscovering themselves and what their needs are and then having a space to be able to help facilitate making that happen yeah, yeah. out of your day to, like busy day-to-day life yeah i think that's yeah. really important so the keys are to well, to slow down and that helps you then you know get perspective of where you're at check in with yourself and how what your needs are um and then you know connect connect with yourself but also connect with other people um and then by doing that you can then you know create whatever your vision is and then do something healthy, like yoga or sports, or do something that pushes you, you know, challenges you. Mm. And I think that builds your confidence a lot. Yeah. Like going and... So it's do, not all just in your head. Because these yeah. events, we go and do some surfing like no one's ever done, and that completely... I mean, those kind of experiences are really important. So this kind of was building up to us starting to decide how we want to live our lives and what we need in our lives to be happy, but also how we could share that with other people and create a space. So you started to create a vision for this yeah. at, at Ashram. Ashram. Yeah. I did a big vision board drawing and then um Have you still got that? Yeah, I've where, got a where picture. Is, where of is it? Now? It the other day, actually. Yeah. So it's not it's not something that you keep sort of front and centre, but it was it there. Yeah. And I, interestingly we, we saw it recently and I hadn't looked at it since, I think since you drew it, like yeah. what a year, two, was it a year, two years ago. And it's amazing how many elements of that drawing we've now have now, have now materialized yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the great workshops that did at ashram actually doing that kind of visualizing of your future and writing a postcard to yourself in the future that yeah, kind yeah. of that kick-started all this well if you don't want to if you don't you know know where you don't want to go any road will get you there mm. you know if you've got a direction it might yeah. not end up being the final where you end up but at least it allows you to point Totally. That's it. That's Point it. the compass in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. How how did that so from the vision board and mm. this idea around um a slow working space? Yeah. How did that take you to living in a van? So well we'd already decided by then that 
as much as we love Asia and the great climate, it wasn't near enough to home for us. So, and England wasn't, didn't tick the boxes for us. You know, we both get seasonal affective disorder, <laughs> like you get very down in the winter. Um, and I think... I should say that we're all, we're all sitting in England in the winter. Yeah, yeah. and it's been raining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great for Christmas, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come back for Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. And I absolutely love England. It's a beautiful country and I love the culture. But it just something just wasn't working for us. So we knew that we wanted to be somewhere in Europe um, that's not too far from home, but it's got a nicer climate. And um, I just wanted to get a van and renovate it and do it up for a long time what did you get what so Ford Transit oh, backbone of Britain just absolutely just classy yeah <laughs> none of your VW so, there it's just no. like yeah, yeah. so Hen had always wanted to to get a van but you just I certainly crazy. had I was like but it's not as though you'd met lots of people on these on these no. journeys where like you started to come into contact with van life because no. that you know no, like in the same all. way that we've coined digital nomad yeah. van life is a significant yeah. progressive movement I hadn't really well, realised that until a bit later um, I actually have quite a lot of friends that have vans and from being at lots of festivals um, yeah so I've kind of seen been to like small festivals quite folky ones where there's a lot of lot of van crew and I just thought it just looked really fun and just you see like, I thought the other so I had a friend who lived yeah. in a van over the summer once just outside of Brighton and I remember just thinking whoa that's he's going through tough times well like, <laughs> I, I, was, I was almost just like wow that's that's a real <laughs> low point sofa, yeah. like almost it, and even even when we bought the van so we we decided so we came back from traveling around Asia um, and we were just kind of, I think we rented a place in Brighton for the first month and then we we're just staying at friends and families and just traveling around the country a little bit. And we had quite a few festivals planned as well. Um, so, and then we just thought, well, actually, let's just get a van and then we can just stay in that as we travel and explore yeah. and then take that to, it was just somewhere to sleep take that to Portugal. Because we knew we wanted to, because Portugal kind of ticked all the boxes in terms of like close enough to home, but um a warmer climate and still lots going on a really interesting um, yeah. place yeah. at the moment kind of still a global hub of activity with lots of interesting people and um yeah exciting things going on good culture um so we thought right we'll, we'll drive there in a van and then we can explore the whole country and and also again it, it matched with we didn't want to, we need, still needed to cut our living costs mm. so we wanted so then we're like right if you buy the van then that will save us what like six grand in rent so over the year yeah yeah um, yeah we did the numbers and we're like it's a no-brainer really yeah it, it more than paid for itself and you ended up with a full transit because it was the cheapest didn't you well yeah so, so, so initially <laughs> it was, was like blue. it, it so, was yeah. the cheapest yeah the criteria was like what's going to be just something cheap and simple that will do the job and will get us there yeah um and you know it's not going to be not going to be yeah that will so we didn't want anything too fancy. It was just like, what's going to be a cheap option that will just get us there? And in my head, I just thought, oh, it'll be a nice, we'll get the van, it'll be a nice trip. And then, and then we'll as soon, live properly. Yeah, I, so yeah. I thought, I, even even during the journey, I thought, oh, we'll, we'll do it for the drives in between. As soon as we get somewhere, we'll get an Airbnb or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay somewhere. I didn't think that. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, I thought that. And I thought, oh, and then we'll get to Let me guess what we'll happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then, so, but during the journey to Portugal, I was just like, this is great. Why would we want to? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually loved it. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. And just some of the best spots, you know, you can never no. get a hotel or an Airbnb like right on the edge of a, you know, of a beach, you know, in the south mm. of Spain. Yeah, yeah. They wake up in the morning and go for a swim, you know, like, and you're Well, it also allows beach. you to slow down, doesn't it? Because you're not having to drive into yeah. a city 
to find accommodation. Yeah, can, or can once it's dark, you just got into, you know. What, yeah. what, what does that, what what does that <laughs> lifestyle, what does it really feel like? So give us the highs and the lows, because I'd imagine. Oh, you, yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's definitely it's not easy, literally give us really the, tough. Give us the extremes either way. Okay. Highs. So, the, well, like you're saying, just being able to wake up in the morning, open up the, the back doors to your to your bedroom, <laughs> and just being able to look over like a beautiful beach or a lake, or yeah. being park. being yeah being parked somewhere beautiful in nature. Onto the car park. Yeah, yeah so the, the car parks is not not as fun if you're in a city. But that's the, so we yeah just being super close to nature and having the most amazing landscapes and just yeah mm. I think and that they were some of the highlights. Really and feeling the like your um you're you're not you're not actually as much as you are confined to that space for sleeping and maybe a degree mm. of comfort mm. you're, you're really living with nature a lot yeah. more than you ever would because yeah, as you you're say, just always as you outside doors you've yeah. actually got, got a lot more space, space but, yeah. yeah 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 you're tuned in the whole country is you need it it's not yeah. like you can just go downstairs to the front room yeah yeah the other big high for me is just the freedom that it gives you in terms of i don't really like planning too much like holidays and things like that. I, I, I liked the idea that we could just, you know, you, you, we had obviously the, the, a few ideas of where we want to go, but that could just completely change and be like, oh, this place is nice, let's stay here. Or this isn't that nice, let's just keep going. Yeah. And so you, everything, there was no like, you know, normally when you're traveling around, it's like, right, where am I going to next? Okay, let's, where are we going to stay? How are we going to get there? Whereas this, this there was none of that. We're like, well, we're going to drive there and then we'll just stop and sleep. And so they, you didn't have to plan anything. Were you yeah. researching? It gave you this like complete freedom to... of just being able to improvise and adapt along the way, and be like, if it feels good, we'll do more. If it doesn't, we'll move yeah, on. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's I think that's it's... the interesting. Whenever I've been on a trip like that, it's if you when we've learned it on family holidays. If you if you plan it too much, you get caught. You, you know, journeys mm. take longer than you expect, and, yeah. and then you find somewhere amazing, and you just want to stay there for yeah. a few nights. Definitely. Yeah, we um, when we did our trip, we actually had a lot of, um, we had a few people to visit along the way. So we had a stop off in France with some friends and a stop off uh, here in the Pyrenees in France as well. And then we went to a festival in Spain and saw some friends. And like, so we had a bit of a journey where we met with people because we're kind of, they're people that we wouldn't really visit otherwise. So we kind of took mm. the opportunity to, to see where they are and have mm. some comforts because we actually left without having built the bike rack, without putting the cupboard doors on. You know, we work yeah, until two but... in the morning. Like, I mean, the first part of our journey was the least slow I've ever been in my life. It was like <laughs> trying to get everything done and packed up and still working on the vans. Every stop we made, we'd like attach some handles to a door. We had paint with us, so I'd be painting things. And yeah, before we left, it was like, doing stuff until Quite like hectic. 20 minutes before we had to get the f drive to get the ferry you know it was like pretty hot, full on and in the beginning we had certain things you know people to meet at certain times which d did add a bit of pressure and mm. then when we arrived in Portugal we, we had to get to the airport because we were flying back to England because we spoke at Boloncon in Brighton actually yeah, we're so we're like uh -huh. so it was kind of like we had this whole slow journey but the beginning was like really not slow at all um but that was quite a good reflection because once we came back and then we just stayed in this permaculture farm in the mountains in the algarve for like three weeks that she'd like just slowed completely down just hung out with these hippies in the mountain and like it's great it's really yeah so when was the last time you took a salary and paid rent oh we paid rent in uh, well, so 
So it's we were in the van for the first what? Five, four or five months, or six months or so. Yeah, we spent the winter. We had four months in the van. Like, yeah, so we pretty full time. Um, and then, but then when so we, you were saying about highs and lows, we just talked about some of the highs. We have, haven't we? Yeah, well done. The lows were so probably when we're just in the car park in Lisbon. We're saying that there are also some highs there, but we were parked in the car park in Lisbon and it was like raining for about a month. And so that's when we, we got an apartment. That's when we were like, <laughs> actually, let's get an apartment because and you haven't got a bathroom in the van. No, so yeah, so yeah. that was the main thing. Is like day to day, where are you gonna where take going to a poo? <laughs> that's that was our yeah. daily like yeah, you know. Yeah question where do you take it <laughs> yeah just find well if you're out in nature it's pretty easy yeah just, just strategic visits to cafes and restaurants yeah, yeah. yeah actually in that car park we'd signed up to the gym um which backed onto the car park <laughs> right, so actually okay. that was amazing it was like, actually it's really luxury I have saunas every day, every day. Have a sauna a little workout in the gym 70 i've been there and, and, and seen this with you and you you yeah. were saying about and it was amazing because there was like 20 or so vans yeah parked a nice up. community yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and, nice and, community and there's vibe. something about this real community of you would um, look out for each other and yeah definitely the van I think, interesting characters yeah and actually that's one of the reasons why we did the whole van trip and portugal because portugal's got a really great van community like it's really easy to park up places there's free parking signs for vans but it, oh, they really? don't charge you yeah. it's just like yeah, it's just this is where the vans park so it's really accepted to have that yeah. you don't have as much judgment whereas it felt a little bit maybe in france they didn't feel as comfortable just parking up on the mm. side of a road and what's the community so, like just depends who you're, who you're with, really, and who they are. I think there's certain, definitely very distinct van um, person like characters. Yeah. You've got like. You've got the surfers. You've got the surfers. You've got the pensioners who are yeah, like really? in yeah, like yeah. really fancy like RVs yeah. and oh, right. okay. living so luxury. They're, so they're, they're yeah. sort of doing their retirement, but yeah. Like yeah. traveling that way. You've got people yeah. that literally live in vans, like a bit more kind of hippie, very like. A lot of artists, sort of performers, musicians. Hold on, what's like, the like buskers. When you say live, live in vans, at the moment I'm seeing you guys Ooh. as people that were living in vans. But they've been there a long time round. and will like, be. Oh, right, so, like their whole lives, yeah, they live yeah. in like giant horse boxes uh-huh. that yeah, have yeah. like That's... several floors and they have like three dogs <laughs> and their family and it's yeah. like yeah. they put out they open up the back and they've got plants and oh, like things yeah. and it looks like a house you know and yeah. these people are mm. really I mean we lived in our tiny little medium wheelbase medium top transit that you had to pack away the bed every time you wanted to like cook dinner mm. um, yeah yeah Actually, that's something I wanted to touch on earlier. What's a really interesting part of van life that I hadn't really considered was um, you're really aware of what you consume. Yeah. So you have your lim- your you get water, and you have a tank of water, and you become very efficient with how you use that water. If you've got if you're buying things, and you have a lot of waste. You got to put that in a rubbish bin that's going to ha- be in your space. Yeah. So, so you're very aware your, of how much, yeah, yeah. How much you're waste you're using. Away. You've got a solar panel which powers our laptops. So then you're very, if it's you know you're very, yeah very aware of power that's consumption. Really yeah. 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 So your water consumption and the weather consumption. Yeah. 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 Really aware of the weather and yes, yeah, so that was that was a, an outcome that I didn't really realize and it does mm. make you more efficient because you could just go fill up water every day but it's a hassle you've mm. got to drive there and you know so you become i think it's a very even though you're driving a lot maybe 
I'm much more aware of your consumption. Yeah, recently. so I think that's... And that will stay with you for, for some yeah. time. Right? Yeah, and then you limit what you pack because you've got this tiny space, sure. so then you don't buy yeah, you, stuff. You have to like... be a minimalist. Yeah, yeah you have to be because a minimalist. there's not much space. You yeah. can't, you can't yeah. have much stuff. Yeah, because there's nowhere to put it. But also, you, so you it feels quite minimal. It's quite relaxing, though, isn't it? Not yeah. having much stuff because it yeah. it decreases the number of decisions you've got to make because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's clean. I'll yeah. wear it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You have to be really organised. Have lots of systems for everything that you do because everything got to be the right place. It can't smash when you're driving. You got to. We had like a whole morning routine of like getting everything packed away in the bed away and then who's doing what roles in the cooking and the cleaning because it's all a tiny space but once you've done those routines you're away yeah yeah and And that's the other thing we got better but the first few weeks we because we hadn't done it before they didn't have those processes and systems yeah after a while it was just like you're on autopilot it's like right yeah you know just things like washing up or something everyone have their roles or or packing away and things would happen like super quick and efficiently and you know where everything everything has to have its place yeah yeah yeah. otherwise it's just chaos it's, yeah 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 but so after after a month or so of like it just constantly raining and having that we were thought okay let's just oh no i think like we, we got an apartment just for a week and we were like that we saw someone had a, a, a room for a week on like a facebook group and like okay yeah we'll just we'll have a week in the apartment and that'll be you know just have a little bit of a break from the van it was more than a week wasn't and it? then yeah we ended up staying there for like eight months i think i do <laughs> but still going away most weekends and going on yeah, drives yeah. and journeys yeah. and exploring so the, the... the weekends like holiday yeah so you started to to go back to... the, the unknown and the unknown were you know, starting to blend them a bit more mm. yeah but still yeah, keeping totally. the van yeah. yeah we had the van just sold it this summer so came back that was sad we were thinking about getting another one, but then we decided to buy land instead. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the land then. So that because that's the next step for you, isn't it? That yeah. You, so you were in the centre of Lisbon. So you from van life yeah. to central Lisbon. Yeah. And starting to embed yourself into that community with yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Like you kind of you've learned some things along the way, and now you're starting yeah. to look at how do you get the community around you and settle. Yeah. So it's time to make friends. And since we've been thinking about Portugal. Um, like when we bought the van, I was obsessively looking at vans. That's all I did. Mm. I never look at Instagram or YouTube videos. I look at vans. Mm. Even now, yeah. I look at vans. Do you? Yeah. I just go on Gumtree for like hours, saving things, you know. And so the same happened with the land. As soon as I got it, I got the van, and then we think about land. So the last year, I would just look at land all the time. Yeah. Because sit there for hours, scrolling through pictures. I don't know. Get a bit obsessive. So. But like, that was all part of the vision. Mm, yeah. Well, it was a five-year like, is... vision. It was kind of like a dream, like, what if this is the vision? But maybe we just rent spaces. We did a retreat in March, actually, in Portugal already. Yeah. So we don't move slowly. So, yeah, so just... That's why we kind of want the slow co-working idea, because we need it, because we get quite fast and busy, like, just naturally. Again, yes. And so, so we almost need, like, we need those, like, specific things, like, we... We kind of want to create it because we need to slow down quite mm. a lot. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah, a yeah. habit of we, filling up our time because we get excited and all these projects yeah. and we need reminding. You definitely yeah. need to go fast sometimes, but it's just not yeah. all the time. It's not yeah. sustainable to always be at that level. You don't want to be too slow and you'd be like stagnate mm. and not be you know, growing and developing in the way you want to do. But you also don't want to be going so fast that you burn out. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, so it's kind of, is, yeah. yeah. So you found you found this the perfect plot of land, and when we were in England, actually, yeah, saw it online, and then uh, yeah, we'd come back for a month in the summer for festivals with uh-huh. the Red Stars, and then 
your hen found this. I found it. I wasn't with you actually. Spot. I just sent it to you, to my mum, to my stepdad, and I was like, you might think I'm crazy, but I love this plot of land. I've just found it online. And um, we didn't have any money, but, um, right. you know, we just sent, when we got back to England, um, we uh, went and viewed it. Back to at, Portugal. Yeah. Went, yeah, back from England to Portugal. And um, absolutely loved it. And the girl that was selling it, we just really got on with her. Uh, she inherited this plot from our granddad. The whole village is like her family. Uh, she just needed uh, the money to get, they were getting a house. Yeah, she needed a deposit. And then someone else was going to get it. So we weren't going to get it. I just it. And then, but they didn't like the other people that were going to buy it. She just wanted us to buy it because, yeah, anyway, so it was a bit backward. We thought we'd lost it. And then we thought, oh, maybe we're just crazy. What the hell are we doing? We're in just a ride in this country. We don't speak Portuguese. Um, and now we want to buy land. And we lived in a van before. And now we're looking, I don't know, there's so many thoughts and I talked to talking to our family and like and just the support of people it's just think saying to, to us they like, you make it real yeah just saying yeah. like well you're not crazy this is a great idea if this is your dream I think it's right and then in the end this is the local people no our friends, friends and family, family. okay what about yeah. the local people what were they so we uh, well, thought we were a bit crazy yeah I think everyone <laughs> well, no, so the, the girl that we were buying it off um, Katharina <laughs> she uh, she also had a kind of similar vision for what she wanted to do with the land is because we were telling her what our, our idea about creating this slow working space. And she's also a massage therapist, like her, huh. really into her like herbal teas and, and therapies. And <laughs> like, they're very, yeah, very similar kind of like mindset and values. And so she, by he hearing us talk to her about our vision, she basically really wanted us to, yeah, yeah. Buy it because it would still be next to her family. And yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so, so and she's like 20 her. minutes away, so she yeah, can yeah. live locally. Oh, nice. so so she was really supportive of like, right, yeah. I really want, you guys to to do this yeah like, and we'll help you she was like yeah. we'll help you and that was kind of a really big changer because that changed because uh, we don't learn we have we've only just been in portugal really we haven't we're not fluent in portuguese and out in the countryside you need to speak portuguese mm. but having so we've got her getting really excited we have local knowledge her support and her granddad who doesn't speak a word of english he's great like <laughs> he wants to come along with his tractor and help us out oh, wow. and like you know it's going to be slow because uh communication isn't you know quite there we don't really know what we're doing but um but yeah it all just kind of happened and we managed to get some money within like a few days from family that were just really supportive of what we were going to do and it was just yeah really incredible and that, that's right happened. i just want to touch on that point for a moment because mm. uh the more i think about how embedded in our into our culture it is to not talk about politics and religion and money and sex the more I think it holds us back from being able to understand each other, which is a real shame actually. And this, this topic's come up a couple of times in the conversations we've had so far around money being an inhibiting factor. Mm. But what's really interesting is every time we've touched on that point, it's been a side effect issue. And that's not because everyone is um, so privileged. There's a certain amount of privilege in that there are yeah. people around that can support you, yeah. but that's way more accessible than most people, to most people who would be listening to this. And yeah. it, so what, what, just as a as kind of an observation and a bit of commentary, the, the fact that for a lot of people, the money would have just got in the way. It would have been a reason not to even yeah. consider it and entertain it. But it's interesting to hear you say in such a forthcoming way that we don't have any money, 
but there's something <laughs> about the energy and the intent and sharing mm. the idea and then that support network kicking totally. in totally yeah because mm. I didn't and even that know problem that problem being solved yeah. You know? yeah we didn't know that money was there it wasn't like my parents don't my family don't have money but there is the we were so excited and we've been following through with this dream for like over a year now and it hasn't it's just got stronger you know it's not just like a oh this could be a good idea it's really a it's working we're really living <laughs> yeah. our our values and and what you know this project and our family could really see that and it was um amazing to see other people wanting to support us and that really makes it more of a shared space it's yeah. not just us buying this place for ourselves it's really us buying this for everyone else yeah. and, and creating it for other people it's not and it for other people to come and get involved and have ownership as well and it's yeah we, so yeah. we want it to be yeah we don't want it just be us there we, we, yeah. we want that we want to create a space for other people to, yeah. to enjoy it with us so that's i think by sharing that bit like yeah I was, I was just quite confident that because the reaction we've had from people when we're sharing the vision I knew there'd be a way. I didn't have that as a limiting fact. Even though we had no money, I just thought there'll be a way to get it either mm. through like, even if we were just, yeah. So I was looking at just mortgage options or loans or different investment plans or crowdfunding or like I knew there'd be some kind of way because mm. it just felt right. And yeah. I knew that there was enough people that kind of believed in it that, you know, this this will happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just kind of, yeah. So having that belief, it just then yeah. all kind of fell into place. And also it's the speed that at which we we're doing it because if we haven't um we haven't got you know loads of savings to the project but if you're just thinking that this is a, a lifetime project that speed is what costs money mm. if you do things need to do things quickly you quite often need to invest a bit more money but if you're happy to go along with the journey and create it naturally and have people come and help and it become a shared project you know it might be a little bit slower it would be a much more pleasant experience. It'd be a shared experience, and that in that way it would be a lot cheaper yeah. as well, you know. But um, it's obviously good to invest money in certain things. But there's a lot of things that can be done for free or cheaper if you just are patient. <laughs> mm. um, how how are you thinking about the future? So you've bought your land. Um, Haps exists. Mm. People can buy it. And yeah. uh, what what now? learning a lot about sustainability and uh, solar power and plumbing and how to prune an orange tree. Um, I think we've got this playground really that we have lots of visions and dreams. We want to build a natural swimming pool. We're going to, we want to build low impact housing, um, build mm. a geodome and a yurt. And I think just trying to keep that mentality of it's going to be a long journey and just really enjoying it. And I yeah. don't, I'm not really sure. There's so many years that I've kind of planned lots of big things and now we just have this land and next year is just so open. That so I don't think we've really described what the vision no. is. We've kind no, of talked about that. it. Let's do that. So it's, so basically we want to create, um, a, well, I guess a space to help people and ourselves like slow down, connect and um, yeah, in, help themselves have a better work-life balance. Um, which not just be good for you know for their for their mental support their mental health um but it's just good for their work as well because you know like we were saying earlier with like knowledge work and creative work and it's less about you know 
time efficiency and like factory like efficiencies it's it's about getting people outside their normal environment out into nature mm. um and yeah focusing more on on the creative aspects of of work and kind of decision making prioritizing those kind of bigger picture things so the vision is to create a beautiful like playground basically for for people to live and work and play um, that's still connected to the city. So we're like 45 minutes from Lisbon. Yeah, that's the great so you thing. can get that. That's yeah. the thing that ticked the box for the land. It's like, it's not in the middle of nowhere, isolated from everything. Mm. We're like 45 minutes from the city. So super easy to to get to and get people out to the city or to go visit the city to, to have that more, you know, uh, cultural connection and buzz. Um, but yeah, it's near like the most beautiful beaches in Europe. You've got this, it's in a protected nature reserve. So you've got the mountain ranges. So you can go hiking or biking or surfing or paragliding or cycling. or So lots of like fun activities um, and create a space where people can just relax, enjoy nature and um, yeah, and slow down. And, by and doing, how long and, will they spend there? It's, it could, depends on, on the person. So it could be, could be a few days, a week, a month. It's yeah, depending on okay. On but it's, it's a temporary base for someone to yeah to experiment. And then yes. we'll do retreats as well. So we'll host like specific events and workshops that people come and attend. But we'd eventually like it to be at a space that is accessible most mm. of the year. So it's a space, and you can come and um, either volunteer and stay for you know for free, or you can pay half and volunteer half the time, or you just pay and just chill out yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that accessibility i think is very important yeah. because we don't want it like my i want it to be that no matter what your background or what, what your income like you can come you can get involved it's not yeah, yeah we yeah, found yeah, okay. that visiting a lot of these places that either it's normally <coughs> the two ends of the extreme it's either you know kind of like some of the permaculture farms it's more just uh like everything's pretty much free you just help out and and work on the lands but it's all quite like basic and yeah um, or there's the other end of the scale where it's a super fancy, fancy like luxury retreat that's super expensive, um, and so we kind of want something that's that's in the middle. So if you're if you've got no money, you just want to learn and help out, then you can just come and stay for free and get involved. Yeah, great, I love that um, idea. Or yeah. if you do, or if you're you know you're super busy, like you know, successful business owner that just wants like to, to relax and and enjoy it, and then you know there's the, the full price option, and then there's something in between. <laughs> that's like you know just help out a bit but then maybe works you know work help us out with our project but then work on your own project and do a bit of both and there's something in the middle so it's kind of like a sliding scale yeah that's of, fantastic no matter yeah, what yeah. your yeah it makes sense yeah no Please matter sense. what your background because then you're gonna get can come. you're gonna get diversity of people yes, as yeah. well. and that's well, really exactly i was gonna say that for what we found in our life in spending a lot of time in these kind of high-end you know, co-working spaces but also being on the permaculture farm is that i find that we can kind of essentially people are the same really mm -hmm. the the real basics you know we have very similar like needs and i really think there's a lot to be said about spending time with a diverse range of people mm -hmm. so we don't want to be attracting just the one stereo you know just a mm -hmm. uh, programming digital nomads for example yeah. but it's it's the that the, doesn't mean that you're not invited no exactly <laughs> no, but it's right. the the idea that in, if you put lots of different people together a lot more interesting things happen yeah for, for, for them for you yeah and different <laughs> yeah. ages as well like it'd be great to have you know kids there and you know come to visit as well you know we had we've already had about 30 people visit the land we only owned it for a month and um 
uh, yeah, people come and get involved. People have never like planted anything or just never yeah, chopped down, chopped down a dead tree. You know, people, people get really cathartic. so much joy in like breaking <laughs> some pine needles. Yeah. It's just like it's so like therapeutic and meditative. Yeah, we had someone yeah. visiting the other day that has just um, just had a big breakup from a ten year relationship, and she basically spent like two or three hours just like pruning this dead orange tree. Oh no! Like half Taking of it was dead, the, half yeah. of it was new, and she was just like. This is like my life. I'm just cutting away the dead bits, wow. and now it's ah, this beautiful, wonderful. And by the end of it, she had a photo of before and after, and it was just like this very Fantastic. therapeutic, yeah. like yeah. cathartic activity. And she of, saw that. Yeah, nobody yeah. else pointed it out. It was really no, no. interesting. She saw it. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, and the first one of our first visitors, my friend, was that we had all this like piping that was under the grass and it was all like tangled in weeds. And she was like, I just really want to like untangle all that piping. I was like, great, you do that. And again, did it for like two hours. It's like, it's me like disorganizing my life, you know, my, my, my life's a mess. And this is me like, you know, untangling it and organizing it and putting it together. And it's something I think. So many of us spend time in cities working on laptops that just being out and doing something so, so simple mm. can give them so much. It helps us out, but, but it's amazing the, to the, see... The story of mm. this, this physical space yeah. and how it transforms over time mm. starts to become a representation of the change in people yeah. and, and the mm. community that has been created around it, which Definitely. never that, that, that doesn't go away because of the f- no. physicality of it, which is interesting when you think about where you've come from and that you know mm. almost the digital nomad lifestyle not not really being the right mm. outcome the lo- right long-term outcome because you need more of that sense of tribe and community and purpose, yes. yeah. yeah so there's almost a kind of nice conclusion but to, without but without going without doing that yeah, you, you wouldn't have known you no. wouldn't have known that no, that's no, exactly. oh actually wow that's yeah. what we're missing and that's what i love about this story is that that, that no one bit it wasn't so preconceived that you go from a place of well that we're too this we're too full on with our jobs and like we're not feeling in a good place mentally the out the 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 the, the solution is not well let's end up in portugal with <laughs> no. a bit of land and we'll do this thing no. so it's it's a series of steps yeah where you're kind of moving between these known and unknown states all the time mm. in quite a controlled way in order to create uh, like a, a vision that is the right vision and to find it along the way as well yeah, yeah. just work it out as we go along yeah. yeah i think that's a very important like mindset that was one of the big changes as well that i had with realizing that you don't need it's not that light bulb moment of mm. oh this is the idea this is the vision nah. yeah. and realizing that you just work out as you go along you mm. have a general direction yeah. and a you know um and yeah things just kind of naturally then happen if you just tell people about yeah. what you're planning then it will change and evolve along the yeah. way. So. Yeah. Because we could have had this vision and then, then just decided that, okay, well, I'm going to do a permaculture course for the next three years and then a landscape architecture course and then um, you're going to do learn about sustainability and then five years' time, we'll then get a plot of land or we'll know everything that he's doing. <laughs> that's one way of doing it and that's definitely yeah. is someone else's way of doing it. And we are not experts yeah. in, you know, property or building anything i mean actually we have a bit of experience but permaculture we're just learning and it's just i oh, mean i think we just shout about the idea yeah because we're, yeah. we're just like we just 
and be inclusive we as well invite people yeah totally. yeah yeah be inclusive and then letting people that would come and helped us we haven't really told anyone what to do we've just said these are things that could be done what are you feeling what do you feel mm. like what are you attracted to so it sounds like and you're going to end up with a sort of jobs board and people can go up and say all yeah. oh, right pruning the orange tree that's yeah that's that's or they just add their own thing all right like, yeah yeah that's yeah. true yeah yeah you if you think it needs doing do yeah. it yeah and exactly. we kind of want it or it might just be that they just need to chill in the hammock and yeah. <laughs> like that that yeah. might be what they need like it's just yeah yeah so we Fantastic. want to try and have it as uh yeah whatever you so one thing we do in our in our retreats and, and slow co-working days is go through like we quite often have like a check-in go through a little like meditation get everyone connected and um yeah we well, haven't said that we host co-working days in lisbon so we're yeah. doing that for the last few months so they're just having a whole days working in a park with a group of people and that's all been kind of us practicing really what we how would we run our slow working space yeah as well. so we have certain tools that we use to help people really check in with what is it that they need um because yeah, we've all got very similar like human needs and mm. not just to help them decide that from a personal level so that they can understand but then share that which really helps with this kind of um by having that kind of vulnerable openness really helps just have much faster like trust and intimacy with it in a group scenario because particularly with the the co-working days that we've been doing in Lisbon we just meet up in a park so before we got the land we've just been doing pop-up events either like in a park in Lisbon or renting out an eco farm in in a national park somewhere and we found that it's really interesting having a, a group of people that never met each other before and like lots of digital particularly in Lisbon lots of digital nomads that might be there for a week or a month or they're just testing it out um and something that quite lonely. yeah something that always comes up when we do these exercises that um get people to really like open up and share and, and be vulnerable try and create that safe space uh, the common themes that come out are always this um this need for more connection and hmm. and trust and authenticity hmm. because that's something that's massively la lacking in those communities a lot of the networking events that you go, they go to or the meetups it'll be people just you know pitching their idea it'll be very transactional of like this is what i'm doing what do you do what could i what can i get from you what can you or what yeah. can i offer? and it's very transactional rather than being just connecting on a more human level of yeah. like actually we're we're just people with similar needs and yeah, yeah it's, so you've, you've become an antidote to some of what's kind of gone a bit sideways culturally mm. some of the things we've already touched on yeah and that, th and that this part of this movement and this change is you being able to do your bit to yeah. bring the culture back to something that you've yes. discovered that works better for so you try and help people connect with each other on a more deep human level but also like slow down and not burn out yeah um, it's also really good for teens i mean we've been doing yeah. stuff for individuals well, you, you were here for the yeah, yeah. Re retreat we well, did. i was gonna i was gonna ask that question so so if people are interested where do they where do they find you so of haps and the slow working space what so haps is we are haps.com you can check out the website there hps yes haps yeah. what does um, HAPS stand for it's no, just kind of well a, a lot of my mates in london used to just say use it as a word for happy be like yeah i'm haps about that <laughs> so it's, uh, that's, makes uh, sense to me yeah yeah i think i think i retrofitted healthy and positive stuff that's nice i like the i like the first explanation. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so we are haps.com um and then, then slow co-work dot com yeah. for the slow working okay perfect 
Um, guys, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for yeah. taking the time. Yeah, too. Great. Thanks Thank for inviting us. Looking forward to coming out and pruning an orange tree with you or right. digging. A <laughs> be, yeah. I'm in a hammock, man. Come yeah. and dig a hole. <laughs> yeah. You might get some great inspiring ideas. Yeah, well, maybe we could do a podcast there. That would be, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Next, on the list. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Too right. Great. Portugal next year. Great. That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback, so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at lifedonediff, that's double F. 